listening to Revelations Radio News with Andrew Hoffman and Tim Kilkenny, a listener-supported podcast located at revelationsradionews.com. We must guard against the acquisition of unwarranted influence, whether sought or unsought, by the military-industrial complex. For we are opposed around the world by a monolithic and ruthless conspiracy. to you from the thunderstorm capital of the United States where I am worried mildly that my son will fall off of a golf cart. I am one of your hosts and my name is Tim Gilkenny. And from Piedmont, Oklahoma, where it was a beautiful evening, but it has been raining a lot lately. I'm Andrew Hoffman. It's weird, right? Yesterday is like a throwback to the Northwest. Yeah. You know, 50 degrees and... Raining, fifty degrees and raining. That's, I mean, that's pretty much still what's happening in in the Northwest. So, but yeah, seventy five and sunny. Yeah, today was ideal day. Today was today. You don't get much, don't get much better than this. Beautiful, no chemtrails, clouds to start the day, but they cleared up. Kids running around outside at night on golf carts and whatnot. And it, I found, I I realized why everyone. All the farmers dig a bunch of ponds everywhere. Okay. You, you do get a chance to fill them up. Oh, yeah, yeah, with the rain. Yeah, yeah. They're full now. I think, I believe collecting rainwater is illegal in Oregon. So this is, uh, you know, <laughs> it's quite the, quite the freedom there to be able to collect the rainwater in your own pond. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. It's like, you know, Seattle gets... About the same amount of rain as uh, Oklahoma City does. Uh, Oklahoma City just fits it into a tight thirty or so days. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, it. What do we get? We get four, five, six inches of rain this last week. I think it was yeah, a lot. This, yeah, it it rained a whole lot. So and it and I will say the you know the the golf course here pretty wimpy when it comes to dealing with rain. It's, <laughs> they've been closed for like three days. But anyway, I had to I had to scoffle off play golf today, but so. I'm not used to the uh, just constant mushiness of the. I'm, yeah, the, I'm, I'm like like the ball still doesn't plug beneath the ground. It's yeah. not that wet. You know, yeah. This is this is way better than stuff I golfed in in Oregon. Yeah, sure. 
my uh, <laughs> I know you've done this. Anybody who's golfed is in the Northwest has done this, but we hit the ball. You actually hit the fairway, or at least really close to the fairway. And you're thinking, okay, I get a couple good bounces and this thing's going to roll. I should be in good shape. And it just goes, <laughs> yeah, it just disappears. <laughs> yeah. Did, did, is my ball literally just sitting right there? Like, how did it stop? Like, what form of gra- Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> just. Now, high school golf in Oregon, you, you literally have the rule that if you can't find the ball, but everyone agrees that it was like, in an area where you should have been able to find it and it's just plugged underneath the ground somewhere that you get a free drop. So That's awesome. <laughs> I wonder if it's like that in Scotland because golf is originally a Scottish sport, but, you know, I think, I think they get a fair amount of rain over there. Golf. Yeah. Well, the, like the true links courses, though, it's really sandy soil, so I think it drains really well. Yeah, that makes but sense. Oregon, not so much. It's like... Just, it's like walking on a sponge. If yeah, it said had enough rain, but absolutely. Well, uh, yeah, here we are. We're we're gonna do another show. Um, yeah, we are doing another show. Things. I don't know. Do you? We could do sports talk too. If we did weather <laughs> weather talk for ten minutes. No, <laughs> just kidding. Start off with the weather talk. Slide into the sports talk. Subconsciously trying to avoid the school shooting stories, but yeah. are you? I've got them in the folder, but yeah. Yeah, so do I. Uh, yeah, so I just typed in NBA playoffs. I guess that that's happening. Hmm. <laughs> and that's enough of that. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> So we, we can talk golf tournament if you want. That's nah. A, yeah. Well, I have a question for you. Okay. Let me see. Ah. What do Oklahoma and Portugal have in common? Uh, lots of cows. Not much besides mRNA vaccine failure. Hmm. So this is from Alex Berenson. Last year, Portugal was one of the boss of bosses when it came to the mRNA vaccine. Ask everyone's favorite newspaper of record, the New York Times. In Portugal, there's virtually no one left to vaccinate. Portugal is among the highly, most highly vaccinated countries in the world. Uh, Vice Admiral Henrique de Mayo, who led the campaign, said there was a key to success. Keep politics out of it. Keep the politics out of it. Do you hear me? Given Portugal's long history of fascism, keeping politics out of it was probably a good idea. But I digress. Virtually no one was left to vaccinate. Wow. Portugal must be a COVID-free paradise these days. Or maybe not. Portugal had has had multiple COVID waves since the Times article, and the new one is the biggest yet. The national health authorities are blaming it on yet another Omicron variant, the BA.5, coming soon to highly mRNA jab state or country near you. Also worth noting is the fact that even uh, after Portugal's winter wave subsided, infections remained at a higher level than all that... uh, than all but one of the previous peaks. 
High, highly mRNA vaccinated countries do not seem to get back to zero infection baseline. Ever. But no one in Portugal is dying, right? Because when you get COVID after the miracle shots, you don't die, right? After all, Pfizer and Anthony Fauci and the Financial Times said so. And Pfizer and Anthony Fauci and the Financial Times never lie. But about that. Yes, despite the no-death mRNA guarantee, people in Portugal are, in fact, dying of COVID. In fact, about 30 are now dying every day, equivalent to almost 1,000 Americans. The toll is likely to rise further, given how quickly the infections have taken off. Vaccine fanatics hate these trends. They cannot stop them, so they are doing the next best thing, and they're hiding the numbers. As the Albuquerque Journal reported Saturday, COVID-19 cases in New Mexico have ticked up to 121% in about a month, and plenty of these are breakthrough cases according to the epidemiological reports. But we don't need to worry. We don't know how many. About a month ago, the state... Department of Health quietly removed from its weekly epidemiology reports data that compared the most recent four weeks of cases, hospitalizations, and deaths among the vaccinated, unvaccinated, and vaccinated and boosted. The removal of the breakthrough case data came as a great share of people who were getting sick with COVID-19 had been vaccinated. The usual public health bureaucrats had the usual explanation for deleting the numbers data. It didn't look good. Thus, the proles cannot be allowed to see them. As New Mexico State epidemiologist Dr. Christine Ross told the journal, you're going to have to trust me. Our goal is to present the information that makes sense. If you stick to this one methodology, which is using, it's a very simple type of analysis using observational data. I think you're kind of missing the boat. Yes, why offer simple and clear numbers when you can make up complicated ones? Strangely, when the data last year showed the shots were working as promised, New Mexico had no problem putting them out. Ross also told the journal that every other state and local department that had been breaking out of COVID data by vaccine status has stopped doing so. Fortunately, it turns out that Ross was not quite telling the truth. States like New Mexico and Vermont, both deeply blue with high vaccination levels, shocker, have cut back on their data reporting, while others have not. The most recent report from Oklahoma, for example, shows that about 80% of those hospitalized with COVID-90 with excuse me, 80% of those hospitalized for COVID, 95 out of 122 people, were partly or fully vaccinated. The 80 to 20 vaccinated to unvaccinated split is particularly striking because Oklahoma has relatively low vaccination rates. Only half of Oklahomans five and over are fully vaccinated, including fewer than 75% over the age of 65. Thus, Oklahoma appears to have slipped into negative vaccine effectiveness, not just for infections, but for COVID hospitalizations. The trend is recent and accelerating. As of late March, less than two months ago, about 70% of COVID hospitalizations were unvaccinated. It's also worth remembering that the counts in Oklahoma and everywhere else have been biased in favor of the shots because when health departments cannot determine for sure if a patient has been jabbed, they default to reporting them as unvaccinated. COVID still has some seasonality, and the summer spike has not yet begun in Oklahoma, so infections and hospitalizations remain relatively low. But the last two years suggest that the trend will change within weeks, and the last month suggests that all these people will be vaccinated. The synchronized global failure of the mRNA vaccines is becoming impossible to hide. The real question now is how bad will it become? Thought that was good. 
little narrator. Local. Narrator says, very bad. <laughs> Thought that was cool. Little local flair. We don't often. Yeah. We don't yeah, often. We, uh, we made Alex. I'm surprised Alex Barrington. You know, has he ever been to Oklahoma? Uh, who knows? <laughs> Probably not. You know, when I was little, when I was young, I would speak to people in Canada and uh, my family members and whatnot, and they would, you know, ask silly questions like, "Did we have paved roads? Did you know? Did we take the uh, horse and buggy to town? You know, things like that." Yeah. yeah. So, well, yeah. it's uh, you know, Piedmont. Uh, not all the roads are paved. I'll put it that way. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, I was just... Yeah, go ahead. There is a higher number of gravel roads in Oklahoma than most places. Oh, yeah, for sure. Um, I was just talking to you before the show about my new neighbor across the street. I'll bring him up yet again in context of... He was pointing out to me that... uh, And he's, uh, he's from San Francisco. But he was pointing out to me, he's like, Dude, welcome to Oklahoma. And I said, well, thanks. So, you know, I'm from here. I'm I'm glad you know to be back and he's like no man like people actually say that welcome to oklahoma like they smile and welcome you and (laughs) shake your hand and say welcome to oklahoma he's like in san francisco or los angeles where i've lived as well people never say welcome to where you are that is kind of (laughs) no because because you are driving up the housing prices that are already you know the reason But he like he like made some joke about it and like leaned back and like bumped you know elbowed his wife and she like she's like yeah welcome and like they had this whole big dialogue where they talked about how they never and she's from Seattle by the way okay. and, so, and so they had this whole big dialogue about how when they moved here like everybody they ran into was like oh cool well welcome to Oklahoma <laughs> anyway no so. there is which you know on the on the moving to Oklahoma pages i do see a few locals where it's like you know i'm happy y'all are here but i can't afford a house like this which i do i feel sympathy for that so. oh 100 but I, I don't think that it's all just people that are moving here i think that's the housing prices in general right now yeah they are all going up everywhere it's crazy and I, i've heard there's some uh shenanigans with the you know, the black rocks of the world buying up houses and turning them into rentals. It's it's some government program, too. We should probably, I should probably have my facts in order to talk about it. But I spoke anyway. to a real estate agent today in Spokane who said that his friend, so this is like fourth person, so it's not mm-hmm. like document it, write it down, take it to the bank, but I see no reason for this person to lie to me. He said that his friend who was a builder had not sold a house to a person from Spokane in like two years. Oh, wow. So it's all people vacating the Seattle area. Okay. Or institutional investors. Mm. Who are just going to turn around and rent it. Yeah. Well, he didn't say institutional. He just said it's all investors or people vacating Seattle. So, technically, I could be an investor if I bought a house there and decided to rent it out. But I could probably only do that once, <laughs> not two hundred and fifty thousand times like BlackRock right. can. So. Well, and I, there's 
intermediary companies too that are smaller and then they yeah I don't, it, it's a scam <laughs> there's there's a scam afoot but I, I thought that was mind-blowing yeah to two years and no Spokane uh, oh I forgot to tell you this too I've read an article about the most overpriced uh, real estate uh, cities in the country and I was like well surely Seattle's on here top 10 no didn't even make it Hmm. And I think the reason is because Seattle has the infrastructure and the huge companies to to pay the employees no matter how expensive it gets. But the uh, effect of Seattle and then the surrounding area could be felt in the top 10. For instance, Coeur d'Alene was up there. I think Boise was almost number one. Spokane was up there. And uh, top 10, I think it was eight or nine, was uh, your original uh, vacation... uh, bug out plan pocatello or whatever the heck the name is oh yeah idaho yeah Yeah. Yeah. top 10 most overinflated prices right now yeah it was uh it was full it was (laughs) that's that's what they told me like oh yeah it's nice but we're full (laughs) this town's supposed to have fifty thousand people and we got eighty thousand now so yeah it was it was you know it was lots of traffic and you know you want to go play around the golf? You better get there early and be prepared to wait in line and get a have a tee time on a packed course. So, it's. I've lived in most mostly suburban areas my whole life, but man, coming up over the hill in Edmond, there is no uh, explaining the sprawl of mm. suburbia that is Edmond to most people. I mean, it is. This was never intended to be a town this big. Right. Yeah. It's it, enormous. <laughs> it it is enormous and it's it's all nice too. Yeah. Like it, is is there a bad part of Edmond? No. Like I have I haven't seen it. No. No. So it yeah, Ed, Edmond, Oklahoma, it's it is pretty unique. It's for people that are familiar with the the Phoenix Metro, it's kinda like Scottsdale but way bigger. Yeah. yeah Scottsdale's nice. I like Scottsdale. It's not that nice, though, is it? I don't think Scotts. I don't think it's nice no, as Scottsdale, but no, that's that's true. But it's the same sort of, you know, it's it's very um, universally nice. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. Subdivision after subdivision of just nice houses. Yeah, there there's some pretty, like, you know, much more uh, established neighborhoods. You know, yes, with, that's with a big great trees thing. instead of like yes. the, the tree in our yard, which you can tell was planted six months ago because it was planted <laughs> six months ago. <laughs> you can always, yeah, you can always tell how the how established the neighborhood is in Oklahoma by how big the trees are. Yep. All right, before we bore our audience any further, let's move on to something else. I'll let you take it. I have a direction to go when we get to the old, uh, you know school shooting yeah okay well let's put that off a a little longer okay this comes from natalie winters at the national pulse exclusive minister of truth nina jankowitz's firm is still receiving federal funds to fight disinformation down but not out thanks to your tax dollars they disassembled it yeah yeah you thought it was yeah so that, could, oh my I, gosh, that picture, by the way. I know, that picture is great. 
There's a there's like a chart for uh, eyes that'll tell you if a person is a psychotic. Have you seen this chart? But if you if you can see the top, I don't one, I don't need a chart. To... <laughs> <laughs> no, but it's like it's like if you can see the round part of the bottom of their eyes and the round part of the top of their eyes, like that person is in uh, like a state of mind where they like run, they will hurt hmm. you. Okay. Yeah, well, that makes sense. A consultancy firm advised by former Ministry of Truth director Nina Jankowitz received a federally funded contract to combat the spread of alleged disinformation in the U.S. Air Force. The National Pulse can reveal the company, the Alethea Group, was founded in 2019 and purports to defend its clients from disinformation campaigns. Jankowitz became the Alethea Group's Director of External Engagement in September of 2021, Remarking at the time, I'm thrilled to lead Alethea's external-facing research to continue to educate the public about the impact of disinformation on public safety, public health, and the functioning of global democracies. Just months after Jankowitz joined the Alethea Group, the company scored its first federal contract through the AFWERX program, dubbed the Venture Capital Fund of the Air Force. The firm was awarded an AFWERX small business uh, innovation research phase one contract to help the Air Force detect and mitigate instances of disinformation and misinformation, according to a company press release. Because that's the Air Force's job, right? Is to combat disinformation. Artemis, Aleth- of course it's named Artemis. That's weird. Alethea Group's machine learning platform will be used to enable Air Force decision makers to proactively counter message disinformation narratives in a way that's appropriate for a government use case. In other words, we will make bots to respond. Adversaries are finding the use of disinformation to be more effective in influencing behavior and have targeted the U.S. military, service members, veterans, and their families, explained an Althea Group representative who added, um, established Oh, narratives and false information resulting from disinformation have negative consequences for the military ranging from heightened political tensions that cause divisions between service members to lower COVID vaccination rates, oh no, to violence and offline action inspired by conspiracy theories. Established by Congress in 1982, the AFWERX-SBIR program, all the acronyms, is supported by 11 federal agencies, including the Department of Defense, and is intended to adapt commercial technology to U.S. Air Force needs. The Unearthed Contract follows the White House, pausing its plans to create a disinformation governance board at the Department of Homeland Security, which would have been led by Jankowitz. Despite Jankowitz exiting the role shortly after it was announced, it appears the Alethea Group's AFWERX Contract is still active, allowing the firm to receive federal funds and advise the U.S. military on what constitutes disinformation. And, uh, you know, the whole disinformation board, they just brought in Chertoff. Yeah, Michael Chertoff, man. But this is... And when we... uh, I don't know, did we play that clip of the... No, I think it was a no agenda clip where the the guy was saying, oh, she is so qualified and talked about the operators that are already doing this work. It's like, well, yeah, so this is this is Homeland Security and it's the Air Force, too. Everybody's got to 
a piece of the combating disinformation pie. Yeah, no, I, uh, I, uh, I think it's been a, a constant theme of the show has just been, uh, the, the guys who sit behind a computer screen as part of the DOD and, uh, work on the internet, right? Yeah. Works whether it's. Uh, yeah. I mean, I mean, there used to be not even bots, just like actual people that were trolls. Like that was their job. No, no, that's what I'm saying. So, yeah, no, it was actual yeah. people. That, that, and I think there is. I think that still exists. I think we got some people that are doing the, uh, that are controlling all the bots. Yeah. 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 You got to write them new material, you know, like, like you are so stupid. <laughs> Vaccines are wonderful. Well, and if you look hard enough, you can find some of this sort of thing where you get like a bunch oh, yeah. of screenshots of different accounts saying the exact same thing. Yep. Yeah, and it's so effective because no one, <laughs> no one sees through all this. Oh wait, I think they do. Yeah, absolutely, they do. Okay. Well, or two next. You want me to start with the school shooting story? Um, or or do you want a, a couple things up front? Yeah. Okay, so the events happen which same exact time zone, right? That we're in, mm-hmm. and the yeah, events happened eleven thirty a.m. When did you first see this story? Three. Okay, you saw it about three. I was even later than that. You know, like four or four thirty. Which is odd. Really, uh, yeah, it's very odd. And I did not... uh, A number of... The story just kept changing, kept changing, kept changing constantly. Yeah, so that's... Which which is very typical. You're headed to where I want to go. So let me read, and this is not a... You know, this is from... APnews.com. Is that the actual Associated Press? Looks like it. This, I mean... Is APnews.com the AP? Is that just the Associated Press, or is this a more independent one? Um, Maybe I was hoodwinked. I think you're hoodwinked. Okay. I got got nothing coming up for APnews.com. Just spinning. Yeah, it would probably be associatedpress.com, right? Right. Well, I'm going to jump in. Should we just Go do ahead. this? I mean, Go you ahead. and I, uh, we are, what, pro-gun, pro that you can own a gun, anti gun violence against children is, is that possible can you do those things you <laughs> yeah. think is it possible yes you can yes you whoa can. you yeah. can't so i can still be for people having guns but like against shooting skill school children yes you can ah okay cool well this is interesting so i'll just go at it that way because i refuse to be put into the left right box of your four guns or your four killing your four guns that means you're for killing kids or you're against killing kids so you're anti-gun it turns out i have a brain i can think i can use 
my intellect and reason to come out with different thoughts about this whole situation that are not related to those two things. The current, you have to be on one, this whole binary thinking baloney. And when I use my simple reasoning skills, this story stinks to high heaven. And if you can avoid the trap of getting extremely emotional about, I care about these kids to, I, you know, I care about human rights and I care about having a gun and avoid that emotional thing. And really just look at what we're talking about here. There's some serious problems with the story that don't make sense. And I'm not saying it didn't happen. I'm not going to go all Sandy Hook. It's all, what is it, uh, crisis actors or whatever. I'm seeing pictures of, of what are apparently are dead children, which look terrible. I mean, you know, it's terrible. But it doesn't have to be completely fake for this whole thing to stink. I mean, the yeah. people really died on 9-11. People also died the first time uh, they attacked the World Trade Center. It didn't mean that it wasn't orchestrated and completely ridiculous. And by by uh, COINTELPRO or just whatever. So, so, the, so there is I, a lot of evidence for this not uh, being what it adds looks like it adds up to. So this is the Associated Press. It's okay. legit. Good okay. for you. So, oh yeah, AP News. It finally did bring it up. That's a weird kind of forwarding site. Interesting. Onlookers urged police to charge into Texas school. Okay. And okay. What, so Uvalde, Uvalde, Texas. Frustrated onlookers urge police officers to charge into the Texas elementary school. Time out. Where- Let me go back further, actually, if you don't mind. Okay. I'm at Daily Mail. Furious father slams cops for failing to stop Texas gunmen for an hour. So yep. this, came, this came out yesterday. Now this is what I'm talking about. I know it's what you're talking about, but I want to start even before the, the parents are trying to go in. But this just comes out yesterday. This is the first sign that there was something rotten. Like this whole thing has trickled out over time. So there was at least 40 lawmen armed to the teeth, but didn't do a darn thing until it was too late. Furious father, Texas elementary school shooting victim uh, of 10, slams the police for failing to take down the gunman until 90 minutes after the uh, thing began. Mm-hmm. So they go into a timeline here. And let's see. Gosh, I hate it when it does this. I can't see the timeline. I'll let you go ahead. Sorry, I shouldn't have interrupted if I didn't have it ready. Okay. Frustrated onlookers urge police officers to charge into the Texas elementary school where a gunman's rampage t- killed 19 children and two teachers. Witnesses said Wednesday as investigators worked to track the massacre that lasted upwards of 40 minutes and ended when the 18-year-old shooter was killed by a Border Patrol team. Go in there. Go in there. Nearby women shouted at the officers after the attack began. And there's there's video of this. Yeah. And them being restrained. Yeah. Said uh, Juan Carranza, 24, who saw the scene from outside his house across the street from Rob Elementary School in the close-knit town of Uvalde. Carranza said the officers did not go in. Javier Cazares, whose fourth-grade daughter, Jacqueline Cazares, was killed in the attack, said he raced to the school when he heard about the shooting arriving while police were still gathered outside the building. Upset that police were not moving in, he raised the idea of charging into the school with several other bystanders. Let's just rush in because the cops aren't doing anything like they're supposed to, he said. More could have been done. They were unprepared, he added. Oh, that's interesting. 
they've changed their article a little yeah, bit. Yeah, my article, it's, it's, my Daily what, Mail articles changed as well, by the way. That's why what, I can't find the time. What he means is the reason him and the other onlookers didn't rush in is they didn't have guns like the cops did. But they've changed the article to make it sound like he's saying, oh, the cops were unprepared. Minutes earlier, Carranza had watched as Salvador Ramos had crashed his truck into a ditch outside the school, grabbed his AR-15 style semi-automatic rifle and shot at two people outside a nearby funeral home who ran away uninjured. Officers say he encountered a school district officer outside the school, though there were conflicting reports from authorities on whether the men exchanged gunfire. After running inside, he fired on two arriving Uvalde police officers who were outside of the building, said Texas Department of Public Safety spokesperson Travis Considine. The police officers were injured, okay, but not injured. It's There is conflicting information on the injuries. Like, what what does injured mean? Like, right. Because they weren't actually, I don't know. How do you get injured by a bullet not badly enough to need medical attention? But... Um, <laughs> It's a one. It's a possible, but it's definitely a one in a million. I mean, like a yeah. gra- we're talking about a graze here, basically. Yeah, it's not likely. Like it bounced off you. It yeah, bruised you. After entering the school, Ramos charged into one classroom and began to kill. He barricaded himself by locking the door and just started shooting children and teachers that were inside the classroom. It shows you the complete evil of the shooter. Yes, it does, but it shows you something else, too. Yes, it does. All those killed... This was... Yeah. All those killed were in the same classroom, he said. Department of Public Safety Director Steve McCraw told reporters that 40 minutes to an hour elapsed from when Ramos opened fire on the school security officer to when the tactical team shot him. Though a department spokesperson said later they could not give a solid estimate of how long the gunman was in the school or how or when he was killed. So, this, but anyway, I think all this got, is the I, official story, and the official and the non-official story is more like ninety minutes. So somewhere between forty and ninety minutes. I have a timeline of events. Timeline according to Daily Mail. Timeline of massacre. How events unfolded in Uvalde, Texas. Eleven thirty-two. A mass casualty incident later discovered to be a shooting takes place at Robb Elementary School. The school report it that reports that it is locked down because of gunshots in the area. Twelve seventeen. So for those keeping score at home, that's exactly 45 minutes later. School posts a message on a social media writing, there is an active shooter at Robb Elementary. Cool. Weird, weird data point, but thanks. Weird flex, but okay. <laughs> 1238, a reunification site is set up at the Willie DeLone Civic Center. Cool. 106, the Evaldi Police Department reports that the suspect is in police custody. So that is ninety-four minutes, and they and they reported in police custody. They yes, didn't they did. That he was dead. Yes. Two forty-seven. Uvalde Memorial Hospital posts an update to Facebook, saying that why? Why would Uvalde Memorial Hospital post an update to Facebook that thirteen children via ambulance and buses are there for treatment? Two children have been transferred to San Antonio, and one is pending transfer. Why? Isn't that like? against HIPAA? Like, what? What? No. No? No. 
Okay. 3 p.m. Governor Greg Abbott uh, identifies the suspect. I just don't understand the guys at the hospital. He's like, oh, look at all these dead kids. Let me post to our Facebook page. So it looks like we're sending this guy over here. I don't know. Maybe I don't know anything about hospitals. 3 p.m. Governor Greg Abbott identifies the suspect as 18-year-old Salvador Ramos, saying he abandoned his vehicle to enter the school with a handgun and possibly a rifle. Good that the governor already knew all that. He confirms that at least 14 students and one teacher were killed. 356, University of Health San Antonio says a 66-year-old woman and 10-year-old boy are both in critical condition. 417, Uvalde police confirm the suspected shooter is dead, and he's believed to have acted alone. Oh, that's cool. I'm glad we already know that. It's like, you know. It's like, Abbott announced it. Or yeah. the, even before Abbott spoke, they were saying, oh, we know he, he was, you know, just a lone shooter. 606, uh, shoot. Uh, let's see if I can find this. Uh, the number of children killed in the massacre jumps to 18 at 625 as authorities confirm that the shooter was killed and the shooter's grandmother is in critical condition. 606. Ah, I was going to play the camera clip, but I don't want to be seen as like laughing or joking about this stuff. But President Kamala addresses the shooting, calling reasonable, sensible, f- sensible public policies. Then by 743, Joe Biden gets in on it. Blah, 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 blah. So that timeline doesn't make sense. And I have a few more things that don't make any sense. Are you ready? Or what do you want to do? Well, you want me to finish the article and see and then jump off of that? No, please. Go ahead. Yeah. Let's do it. My fault. All right. So they... It says they could not give a solid estimate of how long the gunman was in the school or when he was killed. Uh, the bo- bottom line is law enforcement was there. McGraw said they did engage immediately. They did contain Ramos in the classroom. Okay. How? Do you want to, do you want, yeah, by him locking himself in the classroom so right. he could kill all the kids? That's right. containing himself in the classroom? Right. And then if you know that he's contained, then why don't you go into the rest of the school? How's everybody else sitting ducks for 90 minutes? Meanwhile, a law enforcement... And they're literally, like, tasing and gassing parents outside. Uh, Tasing and pepper spraying parents. The parents are are freaking out so much that they are wanting to go in there. They happen to be restrained. I mean, if you have one kid with an AR-15 and four dads decide to bust in and go after him, I mean, shooting's going to be over, right? Like, we, we we may end up with a couple dead dads, maybe. Two, three at the most, but like shooting's over, it's done. Right, there, there will be no more kids killed. So what's wrong with that? <laughs> like I just don't understand. I, it goes against every fiber of your being as as a human to protect your children. Like it's like a yeah. It's no. not even. It's there's not even like a for those of you who aren't parents, you don't even think. You just do. <laughs> well, and. <laughs> It also goes against the every fiber of what a you know good police officer would do. Absolutely, something. You know, I mean, that's the reason people become cops is for that that horrible yeah, situation. But to save to save children's lives, like you know, I mean, we got some cops like the the video we watched. It doesn't work on the podcast, but 
Oklahoma cop chasing a guy at 140 <laughs> miles an hour, taking bullets through his own windshield <laughs> casually, just like casually ducking to the side, runs the guy off the road on like the third attempt, and they they gun him down in the uh, a standoff, and the guy never his blood pressure never goes up. No, it was he, he absolutely never, incredible. He never he never. Even put his, his second he hand on the wheel. He never raised his voice. He never yeah, put yeah. his second hand on the wheel. He had his one hand on the steering wheel the whole time. 140 miles an hour while running an SUV off the road and <laughs> and taking bullets through the front windshield. Holding a radio in one hand, so, steering wheel in the other. So there, the, cops like know, that exist. Cops like that exist. But meanwhile, you've got, you've got this one, which is just like Parkland. Yeah. You know, you've got some. It, they're not sending their best to be the school resource officer. I can tell you that. So I don't even fully blame that guy. Like at least supposedly he tried, but then the other cops are showing up, and what they they supposedly get injured by the person shooting at them, but not. You know, they, they didn't get shot. And and don't forget that the guy who takes him out. Is an off-duty border patrol agent. Yeah, almost like he showed up and kind of ruined the op. <laughs> well, he picks the lock and gets into the room. Yeah, how does that work? We got a full-on operation going here, where no one's entering the school at all, and we got an off-duty I mean, border patrol officer. I mean, there's so many holes in this thing; it's ridiculous. Yeah, I got a couple more. Are you ready? Yeah, go ahead. All right. Uh, let's see. <clears throat> Husband of teacher killed in the Uvalde school shooting suffers fatal heart attack. He passed away due to grief. So the husband of one of the teachers killed at the Robb Elementary shooting in Uvalde, Texas, died on Thursday of a heart attack. Joe Garcia lost his wife, Irma Garcia, 46, in the shooting where Salvador Ramos shot and killed 19 people and two adults, blah, 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 third day of shooting. That's not true. They always forget Las Vegas and wounded knee. But anyway, uh, Irma Garcia's nephew, John Martinez, announced his uncle's death on Twitter, saying that he passed away due to grief. Please pay for our family. God have mercy on us all. This isn't easy, he wrote. Garcia reportedly sacrificed her life by protecting her students from Ramos. The Garcias were married for 24 years, had four children, according to Garcia's profile, and the Uvalde Consolidated Independent School District website. Does that make sense to you? So the the husband that was the, that was not the teacher that was in the classroom with the that the shooter was contained in. Right, because she died. Right, she she died too. But this other. So it doesn't make it. So was he contained in one classroom or not? How does her husband die the next day, of of grief? That doesn't make sense, bro. That's he knew too much. That reminds me of Terrence Yakey. He saw something or knew something he didn't need to know. So well, I, I don't know. You combine the combine the vaccine with that amount of stress grief and anger okay it, it could give you a heart attack all right i got one from the new york post chilling images show students at salvador ramos high school pretending to be dead during the active shooter drill hunting images haunting images show students pretending to be dead during a recent active shooter drill at the texas murderers high school conducted by the cop oh, the texas murderers high school hmm. conducted by the cop 
husband of one of the slain teachers. Ruben Ruiz, a Uvalde school district cop and husband of slain Rob Elementary School fourth grade teacher Ava Morales, held the chillingly prophetic drill on March 22nd at Uvalde High School, where gunman Savado Ramos, 18, was a student. Our overall goal is to train the Uvalde law enforcement, blah, 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 blah. He lays on the floor and pretends to be dead. So it turns out Ruben Ruiz is the husband of the slain elementary school teacher who conducts shooter drills at schools around the area. That's odd. Strange. I got another one for you. Well, and is it is it just beyond the realm of possibility that, you know, even if we if we take that this kid was the shooter, that this is where he got the idea? Like, yeah. oh, man, yeah. that'd be cool if this were real, man. Agreed. Agreed. <clears throat> also, we have a serious problem with this kid not having any money. So the one thing that always happens in these school shootings is the... The argument becomes pretty simple for the Republicans or the pro-gun people, which is he didn't legally buy the gun. So this time, they went out of their way to make sure this person legally bought the gun. But there's some stuff about that that doesn't make sense. First off, two AR-15s, almost brand new, look to be well worth over about $3,000 worth of gun. Yep. So where did this poor kid get those since he got them and registered? job at the... Wendy's? Yeah, he got them and registered to himself. Three grand. But here's something interesting from the Daily Beast. Did he he pay cash? Shop where Texas gunmen bought firearms are in shock over the shooting. Listen to this. Listen carefully. The Texas gun store where Salvador Ramos bought the weapons he used in Tuesday's elementary school massacre is cooperating with authorities as they investigate the attack, according to the New York Times. The general manager of Oasis Outback, a hunting store paired with the restaurant that's located about three miles from Robb Elementary School, confirmed that they were speaking with the police, though he declined to name himself. An Oasis Outback employee who declined to be named also told the Daily Beast that no one can remember a transaction with Ramos in the weeks leading up to the shooting, which left 19 students and two teachers dead. We're all in shock. But apparently, he bought two AR-15s there, Andrew, shortly after his 18th birthday. And this, this story, I don't even know what to do with this one. I got one more for you. Hold on, watch this. Well, just on that one, though, the transaction is not walk in, walk out with two AR-15s. Oh my gosh, Andrew, it's almost like you've worked in a retail environment before. So, when you sell a gun at a Walmart, I know this because I worked at Walmart, not only do they have a record of the transaction, how you paid, they have a record of the employee who sold it to you, mm-hmm. what time they did it, like what time the background check was. There's you, record of You don't of have all to go to, to memory. No. <laughs> We're definitely not working off of memory. This is the United States of America, man. There's taxes to be paid on this crap. Yeah. All right. This one, you can log this away in the I don't understand what's going on, but this is insane type of uh, story. Okay? Okay. This is from KHOU11, which is uh, there in Texas. Two teens arrested in mass casualty plot targeting a Uvalde middle school. 
One of the students had numerous writings and drawings which depicted weapons capable of causing mass destruction. He wrote about being godlike and killing police or other persons. Two Uvalde teens were recently arrested for conspiracy to commit murder after officers said they foiled a mass shooting plot that the pair had schemed. A press release obtained by Ken 5 News thoroughly chronicles events leading up to an investigation performed by Uvalde Police Department and the Texas Rangers. In a press release, Uvalde Chief Police uh, Daniel Rodriguez said the Morales High School Junior High Student, or Morales Junior High Student 14, and a Morales Student 13 had specifically targeted numerous students that they described a plan to do a mass casualty event against the school. Authorities said the students were motivated. <clears throat> through an infatuation with Columbine High School. Investigators also believe the students were planning to hold the attacks years from now on, possibly during their senior year on the anniversary of the Columbine shooting. However, one of the students began to convince the other that they should move the attacks up. So, uh, skip down here to the end. Our school district is committed to the safety and education of all our students. We want to clearly communicate about our safety issues when they arise. One of the Morales Junior High School students was experiencing a crisis. Upon rendering aid and support, the student revealed a future plan to conduct a school shooting in the year 2022 with the type of detailed information, blah, 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 blah. Stories from 2018. And it, But it probably doesn't have the students' names because they were junior hires. Yep. That's weird. <laughs> That's odd. So, just to just to recap, well, this we have guy ninety minutes. We have just to recap. We have ninety minutes before the shooting, from the moment the shooting starts, until he is supposedly killed, right? Yeah. We have a school active shooter drill two months before, where he lays on the floor and pretends that he was shot dead, which is weird, not damning, but weird. Uh, we have the shop where he purchased the guns. We're totally in shock and nobody remembers him. We have teens arrested in a mass casualty plot targeting the Uvalde Middle School four years ago. And we have fathers asking questions about why 40 lawmen armed to the teeth are sitting outside of the school and not letting anybody in pepper spraying and uh, tasing parents who want to go in. So I'm going to say not some, going in themselves and not going in themselves. Exactly. Uh, we have listeners all over the world. We have a listener in Hungary named Carl. Uh, so we have listeners everywhere and they don't understand maybe possibly Americans, but uh, here in America, we are not afraid of guns, at least in many parts of America here in Oklahoma and Texas, there are less people who are afraid of guns, much less people. This is a gun culture. And then we have uh, first-generation immigrants, uh, Mexicans, who tend to not be super afraid of guns either, familiar with guns from, you know, shooting things in the desert or, and or, you know, being around drug gangs or, you know, it's a country western type of lifestyle in a lot of the rural areas down in Mexico or in, in Texas. So I don't understand how you get a bunch of these Mexican-American immigrants, first-generation immigrants, outside of a school where their kids are being shot at, and they don't go in. I mean, of course they go in. How can you hold them back? Like, what in the world is happening? Like, how? It feels like this thing was set off and then protected to kill as many people as possible. Yeah. I mean, that's what it feels like. No, it, it does feel like that. And it, or 
a combination of that with the Patsy and the professional shooters. Yeah. Which is the script they've used many other times, you know, and that's what the, the whole Sandy Hook thing that got Alex Jones into trouble was, I remember listening to him the day of Sandy Hook and there were reports of a guy in camo yep, arrested I remember that outside, too. I you remember know, that too. guns in the trunk and they, they let him go and then just never mention it again. No, mm-hmm. like good explanation yep, I or remember anything. That. Then there was conflicting information on the guns that were used. And so it's, it's just this wall of disinformation and lies Obviously to push an agenda, but also... It's not really to push an agenda. Like today, Barack Obama got on Twitter and he said, as we grieve the children of Uvalde today, we should take time to recognize that two years have passed since the murder of George Floyd under the knee of a police officer. His killing stays with us to this day, especially to those who loved him. Oh, it's not... not They're not like taking that and energizing the base, are they, Andrew? Well, it's that's not pushing an agenda. That's not pushing an agenda, Andrew. Yeah. He just he wants to talk about George it's, Floyd. It's also pushing the civil war agenda. It's pushing the hatred of cops. You know, I mean, it's hard not to hate those cops. Yeah, it really is. It's like, you know, that what sort of coward are you to to let yourself be outside with one scrawny little you know, half supposedly half tranny kid in there with a gun and you, you're too scared to go in. So police will break down a door in full military gear, guns pointing at some poor streamer's head when a fake swatting call is made, but they sit outside a school shooting for 90 minutes and don't do anything. Yeah. Even when they hear real gunshots. Did some of them think it was a drill? Because of all the drill things, did they think, like, you know, this can't really be happening, this is just another drill, like, I'm not going to go against what my training is because it's just a drill and I'll, you know, I I don't know. I I don't know how you live with yourself, though, if you're one of those cops or one of those parents who didn't go in. Yeah, I don't either. 100%. Yeah. This guy crashes his truck, grabs two rifles, 600 pounds of ammunition, 600 rounds of ammunition, body armor, then moves a couple hundred yards to a school, engages with a school officer, and then was left unimpeded to murder children and adults for 90 minutes. And there there were initial reports that apparently have been memory hold, because it wasn't in that AP article, and I think it was before, that there were cops chasing him when he crashed the vehicle yep this is still on reddit holy holy crap it turns out the cops actually confronted the suspect in front of the school before he went in but the cops didn't want to shoot him and get uh in further trouble the officer confronted but did not engage the gunman are you kidding me (laughs) like an armed suspect who just just shot his grandma is trying to get into an elementary school, and that's not a time to pull the trigger? We need the camera footage from those two shots, from those two cops, body cam footage. I bet, I bet it's in the same place the, the uh, Epstein footage yep. is and the Oklahoma City bombing footage is. 
Yeah, I mean, it's... This whole it's thing stinks. It stinks so bad. It's infuriating, and I think it's intentionally that way. You know, and I don't know what parts are lies and what parts are, are true. I always tend to think they go ahead and kill as many kids as they can. That's just a, a bonus. That's not a... That's a, a feature, not a bug. But, yeah, this... I mean, those, those cops should not just be fight. Those cops should be in jail for the rest of their lives. Oh, it's terrible, for, especially for restraining the... I mean, who does that? And that's, that's what... Uh, what's his name? has been posting all, uh, all day. Uh, Jack Prasubiak, or whatever his name is, on Twitter. He's just been posting who, who, who ordered the stand-down. Yeah. And th- this is after Parkland, after the same thing happened in... Yeah, I guess it'll just keep it. And it's it's also part of the war on cops. I mean, who wants to be a cop now? You're going to get trained to be a a coward. And and then if you do anything, you know, you get the the George Floyd side of it. So uh, I, I, I and the, the George Floyd thing resulted in not an official but it might as well have been stand down nationwide by police. Yeah. And said, "Oh, well, you're not going to you're not going to back us up, then guess what? We're not doing anything beyond what we absolutely have to do ever." Yeah. And it, you've had and this is the result. But I I, I just can't I can't believe I don't care what the training is. I don't care if they thought there was a drill, I don't know how they stood outside that school and didn't try to stop what was going on. I agree, man. I agree, hundred percent. I don't. I don't get it. I. I don't. I don't. I don't see. I don't know. I. I don't know if I could. You know. I don't see you or I standing outside the school. No. There's no way. There's no way. If you if you're a police officer and you're unwilling to run toward gunfire to protect little kids, quit. Quit tomorrow. Yeah. Find another job. Home Depot is hiring. Do something else. Yeah. I mean <laughs> Yeah, if 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 you're a, a cop out there listening to this and you're thinking like, "No, those guys did the right thing. You just, you got to st- stay outside and play it safe. Like get another job." Don't High school dropout, works at Wendy's, hadn't worked in several weeks, just turned 18 three or four days ago or whatever it is, and still buys over $3,000 worth of guns. That makes sense. Adds up. Which, I mean, you know, he could have sold drugs, he could have done, there's, there's ways, but yeah, it's, that is an interesting thing and you wonder if he's the kid from the middle school deal four years later and the FBI has been watching him and coaching him the whole time uh, yeah and he's got the weird thing like where you're sending some pictures to a girl in California saying post these for me you know and I don't know At some levels, it's 
it's a distraction and we probably shouldn't spend so much time talking about it, but man, it's, <laughs> I, after reading that story, I'm just, I could not sleep last night. It's just like, ugh. Yeah, it's disgusting. Yeah. yeah. And then it gets into, did it even happen? <laughs> and by the way, I'm with the, so the, the whole Alex Jones thing, I'll touch the third rail of conspiracy podcasting. I don't think he crossed the line. I think he just asked a lot of questions. Yeah, well, and, you know, I've, I've talked about it before. He had the guy on who is really shady, as it turns out, who was pushing the whole, you know, it didn't happen crisis actors angle, which Alex Jones was not. And then just Alex Jones is a, you know, for as angry as he is, he's a very uh, positive interviewer. He never hardly ever contradicts his guests. And so he lets the guy talk and he just like half agrees with them. And all of a sudden, boom, gotcha. And it's not that guy getting sued. Fetzer, whatever that guy's name is. I keep seeing posts all over that say, Hey, if we could spend $40 billion to Ukraine, we could put for that amount of money, we could station four armed police officers outside every school in America. Yeah, which is, well, uh, and if they're too scared to do anything, what good does that do? <laughs> yeah. Like, no, is, is, the, the le- is the lesson learned from cops not doing anything, we need more cops and give them more money? I don't Yeah, I think that is the lesson. A little more money, you know. They might do something. No, I mean, uh, yeah, I don't know. It's, it's and, just... And, you know, the people are pointing out, like... Uh, before you say give all the teachers guns, go on libs of tip TikTok and check out who the you know the teachers you'd be giving guns to. Hundred percent, man. There are some scary people in there. But he he gotta. I don't know. There's gotta be. I don't there, know. there has to be something where you got to get rid of the gun free zone. So it's you have to take away the. 100% knowledge that I can go in there, no one's going to have a gun to stop me, and I can I can kill a bunch of little kids. You have to take that away. Yeah, I agree. So, remember the uh I don't know if we talked about it on this show or not, but there was a it was a church in Texas where the the guy kind of uh he walks out and grabs a shotgun and walks back in. Have you seen this video? Uh, no, no. Yeah. This uh, gentleman, I, th- I guess he was homeless or had mental problems, and he had been going to this church, and he walks out of the... Uh, so it was like cameras in this uh, uh, sanctuary. Oh, yeah, yeah. Showing the service. Yeah. You, see, you remember yeah. this now? Yeah, I think so. He walks out and grabs a shotgun. He comes walking in, and uh, he uh, walks towards somebody and lifts, the, lifts his hand to shoot somebody. And about four old dudes... Stand up in the crowd. And one of them stands up so dang fast and just shoots this guy dead. Like there's one. He, I think I think the dude might have killed or hurt some one or two people. But this, but like literally there's three or four people in the crowd and you could watch them each like reach for their gun. And they killed this dude like immediately. This is a room full of people. I'd say 50 to 100. I mean, it's a decent amount of people in that room. And uh, yeah, boom, got him. 
well, I'm, not, and, I'm not saying that's the answer to everything, but saying everything's a gun-free zone and just not this, working. This thing reeks, though, man. It just yeah. they, they let him in, and then uh, yeah, this is just it ridiculous. was a hail mary from Beto. Oh, yeah. and Beto, I, I'm not a big it's fan a, of Abbott, but uh, watching him and uh, yeah, Cruz slam Beto was 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 all right. Well, you saw Beto confront. No, that's what I'm saying. And they both told him, like, dude, you're out of line. What are you doing? Yeah. Beto's an idiot. Oh, was Cruz there too? I think he's in the back. At that I same so. thing? I thought so. Uh, I know it was like, like the sheriff and the mayor. I don't know if Ted Cruz is there, but maybe. Okay. Which, it, yeah. Well, now we're part of the problem. We're like, you know, Texas's little brother. Yeah. No, Ted, yeah, Ted Cruz is standing right behind him. Oh, okay. Yeah. He's, you can, I, can, I knew his voice. He calls him... Yeah, anyway, sorry. I started playing it. <laughs> but yeah. Moving on. Moving on. I'll throw in a little... So one thing this could be a distraction from... Okay. Is there's a meeting this week. Are you talking about Davos? Yeah, Davos, bro. Yeah. Don't you know? Yeah, we could play the... Uh, play the WEF account with Central Bank clip there. All right. Let me let me just go ahead and do that. Um, for those of you that don't know, the World Economic Forum is meeting in Davos. A completely different ball game it is when you start to talk about the retail, you know, central bank. Uh, 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 digital uh, currency, not because it's digital. I, I, I can pay this digital with my mobile. It has nothing to do with central bank digital currency. But I think the fundamental change is the underlying business model is as I, as a retail customer, as a citizen, will have an account with the central bank. I don't have just an account with a commercial bank. I have it with the central bank, which has a lot of advantages for me. It's safe. It feels good. But, uh, yeah, there are some challenges uh, with this because the central bank is ultimately, you know, it's a, it's a public office. Uh, commercial banks are under a commercial regime. Central banks are not under a commercial regime. What about interest rates on an account like that when things are going well? How does this look like? Oh, on a bank run, how does this look like? Is this accelerating the bank run because I have a safe account with somebody? So... These are then the fundamental questions. That's why I think it's excellent to see that 90%, 87 I think, uh, central banks are, are looking into that and mm-hmm. try, and uh, we need to figure out how that all can work. Well, 87% of central banks are all trying to develop relationships with, directly with people. Isn't that interesting? They just all thought of it on their own at the same time. It's not a coordinated world government thing at all. But no, but like, like if it. it's Andrew, if there was a world government working towards all the banks, 
getting guidelines for people and stuff. There isn't, but like, if there was, it pretty much just look like this. Yeah. So. Yeah. I would. This is pretty much the first thing that you need, and then, you know, maybe you, uh, maybe you pay your carbon tax to the, to directly to your central bank. And then, you know, that goes into the, the world central bank and, and don't worry, your, uh, your monthly ration money will be, will be paid out as, you know, some strings. But if you're a, a good little citizen, you'll, you'll be able to get that, that money directly from the central bank into your account. Wow. With some central bank digital currency. And it, like he says, it's not the fact that it's digital. It's the fact that it's direct from central bank to you, meaning they control your account. So it's beyond the federal government. It's the central bank is, you know, it's a whole layer beyond the, the government. But anyway, well, the central bank, I don't know if you know this, but they're, uh, Pretty awesome, like most central banks. Yeah, they got everything under control over there. Yeah. So, don't pay attention to the reverse repo market and all the shenanigans that are going yeah. down over there. Got nothing to do with the fact that inflation is going nuts. This is like a zombie economy that should have died two years ago, but they just keep. Two years ago, yeah. I think yeah, no. I, I, I think I think there's a lot of evidence two to three years ago that it completely died, and now it's just the corpse of it. But no, no, no. I, I understand what you're saying. 2008, we just kicked the can down the road. No, I get it. Yeah. But y- yes, you would think when the world locks down and stops working, that would have negative impact on the economy, which yeah. of course it did. That's it. Just the the split of the stock market from the economy was that was kind of the last straw there. But but you know, like one of the uh, Davos clips that Adam played on No Agenda today. There was a new new billionaire every thirty hours during the pandemic. Hmm. Mm. Worked worked out well. It's a good time for billionaires. Yeah. But. Reverse repo, are we over two trillion? Two thousand billion. Two thousand and seven billion in the reverse repo market today. Hmm. Let's play the other the other clip. We're developing through technology an ability for consumers to measure their own carbon footprint. That's something I've been waiting for forever. Oh, like, consu- oh, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. I mean, that's what we want. Yeah. That's what I've been asking for. It's is for, for consumers. I want to track my own carbon yeah. footprint. For consumers. Let's, I mean, uh, I'm, I'm ready to throw my Costco credit card out because <laughs> it doesn't even tell me how many carbons I used, you know? Yeah. So, geez. Thank goodness. We're developing through technology, an ability for consumers to measure their own carbon footprint. What does that mean? That's, where are they traveling? How are they traveling? What are they eating? What are they consuming on the platform? So, individual carbon footprint tracker. 
Hmm. Stay tuned. We don't have it operational yet, but this is something that we're working on. But they kind of do have it operational. Think of the compliance. Oh, that's a different clip. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Now there's. I do have to say, uh, Adam brought some great clips to No Agenda on the five twenty sixth Thursday, five twenty sixth. Got some good clips in there. So I'm surprised you already listened I, to that much of it. I mean, it just came out like four hours ago. Yeah, I. I listened up to the first break, so oh, it, for you. I already had this clip in here, but he plays that one, but a, a lot of other good stuff. But anyway, um, and then, yeah, we had Adam playing all the Davos clips and Dvorak going, Noel Harari, who's that? Did he really say that? Oh, this guy. Oh, this guy. Oh, come on. <laughs> but. There's anyway. So I don't know. I, I don't have any other must-haves. Do you have anything? I've got some other stuff, but oh, I I do want to mention this. So there was a massive train derailment in Alberta, Canada. Oh yeah, I knew you'd bring this. Alberta, Canada are at the scene and currently underway cleaning up after a massive train derailment with 43 CP rail train cars carrying potash, also known as fertilizer. So just if you're trying to really get a food crisis going, um... Eliminating fertilizer, good way to go. And this is at the same time where they threw on all the sanctions like last minute on Russian fertilizer. You're really clicking a lot there. but Oh, I have the wrong mouse, dude. Uh, I can't believe I didn't get the silent mouse out. My fault. It's all right. So, anyway, <laughs> Ice Age Farmer, I'm sure he'll, he'll cover that, but there... The, the supply chain doesn't uh, doesn't break down, you know, like an old car breaks down. Like, you have to destroy it. And it's being destroyed. So. Yeah. No, I think that's... Yeah. They're absolutely taking this thing down. But for now, you can still order beef liver crisps online so mine are on the way <laughs> this is from the texas beef initiative no no different uh different outfit so beef liver in a it's just uh the ingredients are beef liver and salt hmm. and it's like sliced real thin and made crispy so that you don't have the liver texture to deal with hmm. so we'll we'll see I'll, I'll have some for you tim you can i will not eat them all i will let you try one if you want all right there you go well i've been thinking about buying beef with bitcoin so yeah good stuff all right fortunately it takes a little more bitcoin <laughs> yeah but the price gone up 
No, it's gone. The yeah, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Clearly, clearly. All right. Well, big, big inflation shooting sky high and Bitcoin crashing makes perfect sense. Yeah. Gold is down too. I think stock market down. Everything's down. Housing up though. Yeah, for now. Yeah, they, I, they don't want you owning your house either. So, I think they're the trend will be rather than I mean forget new homeowners right it'll be like former homeowners selling because it's out of desperation and becoming renters you know I talked to somebody that you and I both know really well about the housing market and, and I don't, you know, I think anybody's guess right now, he tends to be right about a lot of stuff. He thinks that it's going to come down a little bit. Ah, I don't know. This whole thing is, it's wild. It's wild to see. And, and I mean, housing prices around here are skyrocketing. And there are, there are people fleeing the coast to move here, which is, which is nice and interesting. But it, it this increase, I mean, these increases are kind of, it's odd, man. I, I mean, how I mean, do you, I'm, I'm from here. Like, I don't, this isn't, this is not a, it's not normal. <laughs> no. Well, and how do you explain it in places where, uh, you know, it's cheaper to get a U-Haul truck round trip than <laughs> one way, you know? <laughs> yeah. And, or you just can't get one. Because there's no moving trucks left because everyone's moving out and no one's moving in. Well, like I said, they're and starting to this- see a softening of prices around, like not Seattle, but the areas around it and in Washington, for sure. And I think they're going to start seeing them elsewhere as well. But uh, I just don't know. The problem with raising the rates is if we have whatever percent inflation rate we have, you can't raise the rates that much. Like... <laughs> No, <laughs> no. Which I kind of thought they would ha- that they would basically keep interest rates super low. Yeah, you know, just it not just for. I mean, look at the national debt. Like you change, <laughs> but you know the Federal Reserve, not federal. It's like, oh yeah, we'll crank that up. We'll crank that up half a percent. You know, pay the pay the private banks money for <laughs> that they created out of nothing and gave to the government. So it's a tough one. It is a tough one. Well, speaking of fiat money, let's check out the donations. All right. <laughs> oh, my friend. We we have received non-fiat money in the past. It, we have as well. We fact. like the we like the fiat money too. We've been having a uh, recurring donation. I actually figured out who that was from, by the way. A certain person named Chris has been sending a recurring donation in Bitcoin. Oh, well, thank you, Chris. Yeah. So, anywho, uh, well. I think now is a pretty good time for me to talk about Simply Safe. Have you have you have you set up your, <laughs> have you set up your Simply Safe over there? No, but the uh, I did reference 
something that I had heard from the ADT salesman after I talked to him for an hour the other day. But. Oh, good. <laughs> what, did, what did he say? No, he was the one talking about the like BlackRock buying up all the houses. So. Was he really? Yeah. He so you like, have yeah. outside like, of us like, examples that, of people buying up houses. He's like, that development down there, he's like, it's all Section 8 housing. Like, they just, these companies buy up all the houses and they they get paid by the government if the people don't pay their rent, basically. So it's like a, it's a no-lose for them, but then you end up with the neighborhood in far worse shape than it should be. Of Section 8 housing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> wow. But he didn't say BlackRock in particular. Uh, no. No, he didn't. Okay. So. I don't think the average person knows BlackRock. I was about to really take some stock in what he, what he said, but that's interesting. It's interesting. I don't know, man. I don't know what is going on with this housing market deal. Uh, yeah. Can prices continue to go up in perpetuity? No. You don't think so? No. If they keep printing the monies and BlackRock keeps buying them up and inflation keeps going up, interest yeah, interest interest rates will get you. Once the interest rates go up, it's then you're 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 having a problem. Yep. Right. And the problem is You, you might come out you might come out okay on the other end of this, you know, the market may turn the other way a little bit and they have to drop the interest rates to try and prop it up and you talking about me yeah might all might all work out it might all work out it's true i hate to root against the american housing the whole economy so i can get a cheaper house but um yeah it's i don't know this is this is something that we haven't seen before i don't i kind of lost my train of thought when you said that sorry but yeah, um. <laughs> you want me to re- read some donations? Yeah, instead of me just stumbling and mumbling, r- rambling on, please go ahead. All right. And we don't have a sponsorship by Simply Safe to close the loop. There is yeah. no Simply Safe sponsorship. There's no <laughs> Me Undies sponsorship. We are not sponsored by anyone. No. We are sponsored. Literally, no one would sponsor this show. But even if they would, we wouldn't accept it. Yes, we do have four people that sponsored the show this week. And if you got value out of the show this week, then you can sponsor next week's show. But for Revelations Radio News episode two seventy five, we have four people that sponsored two, it. Two seventy five, a nice, nice round number. Yeah, even even twenty five there. Yeah, uh, this will come as a shock. Danny from Medford, Oregon, gave us $25. Thank you, Danny. Can we talk about Danny for a minute? The moment a show is posted, I think it's, I think, I'm basically, I think that it's when Danny notices <laughs> that we put out an episode. That a, that a new episode is out. Yeah. 25 bucks. Oh, like, I, awesome. I, 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 I literally, the email will come in and based on how long, like, was it two hours ago? It was about an hour and a half ago. Show is posted. That has to be. Oh yeah, Danny. <laughs> My clockwork paying twenty five bucks for every episode. So, people out there, if you have never contributed to the show, 
please consider doing so. As Danny is doing the majority of the heavy lifting, <laughs> Danny pays $25 an episode. I guess because that's the amount of value that he gets from the show. That's crazy. And we don't expect anybody to pay $25 an episode. Danny well, is awesome. There's some sort of multiplier in there of like value he gets from the show and maybe some like sympathy that he has for us and... <laughs> You know, well, generosity well, on his part. There's agreed. some multiplier in there. Definitely, yeah. definitely true. And then we have to throw Kyle in there as well, as well as our multiple donors, Gretchen, who donated over a thousand dollars, and the uh, the farmers from up there in in in, yeah. in uh, Kansas. They've donated fifteen hundred dollars, I think it was, and uh, the mortgage broker, or not a mortgage broker, but the, the, the gentleman you met who did, who's written two essays who, we've posted to the site here. Terry yeah. and, and Terry, who was a mortgage broker in, in the past. And yeah, and unfortunately he went into it right before the last, uh, downturn. So. I really should, I really should get this person's contact info. Terry, yeah. I'm going to reach out to you so I can get some, we have a lot we get can talk tips. about. Yeah. 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 The Garden City Farmers, the Garden City Ranchers. That's uh, that's our other donors up there in Kansas. So, anyway, Danny. Are you sure it's Kansas? Yes, I'm 100% sure. Uh, Danny, think. What? What? Come on, man. Don't do this. You me. always get the state wrong. And then you are, you're always so sure. <laughs> uh, oh, my gosh, it's wrong. <laughs> <laughs> it's like uh, almost a bit at this point the garden getting... garden city ranchers from garden city missouri okay there you go uh, okay Go to the next person, and then I don't, I don't want to say anything bad about Kansas, but it, you know, Garden City, Missouri, makes a, l- a little more sense. <laughs> so, are you saying that that there's? Oh, we have to talk about the ID dot me. We have to we have to talk about that. That is that is definitely something we have to talk about. Right. Um, read the so, next one, and I have something to uh, to read after that. So. Uh, Carl from Hungary sent us $202 and two cents. Thank you very much, Carl. 20202. Yeah. Carl. It was, it's Carl that sent us an email as well. It was with the excitement of a child on Christmas when I saw the new episode from you guys. Your absence was felt all the way into the mountains of Hungary. Not really mountains by your standards, of course. You would probably call them advanced anthills. Oh, we're, we're in Oklahoma now, so they're mountains. <laughs> Hungary's got mountains. <laughs> you would probably call them advanced anthills. 20202 of your imaginative currency to keep the lights on. Carl from Hungary. And I love that he sent a follow-up email, which really goes to show he knows of whom he is writing to. Also, I forgot to say, please don't send me a book because I already have one. <laughs> yes. Yep. It's a great read, but I already own it. Thanks, Carl from Hungary. So, Thank you, Carl. Thank you, Carl. 
And then John, John, you know, with our extended hiatus, uh, John almost became a producer of the last two shows in a row, even though he has a monthly donation set up. <laughs> yeah. But John from Swallowfield, Berkshire, UK, thank you, sir. Yeah. For the 10 bucks. 10 bucks. And Eric from uh, Chisel, Minnesota. That's my, I've got Minnesota roots there. Uh, $25. Thank you, Eric. Eric also doesn't need a book. He has donated $25 before, so we do greatly appreciate that. For anybody who doesn't know what we're talking about, if you go to revelationsradionews.com backslash support, or if you go to eugenicswars.com, you will bring up a support page where you can donate to the show. You can donate via PayPal, buy me a coffee, Bitcoin, uh, what else is up there? Uh, XRP, which I don't, we don't, we should take all these fake coins down anymore. Uh, any, any way that you can. And there's also, more importantly, a P.O. box place that you can donate. And if you donate over $25 and you live within the, the United States, you get a free copy of Andrew's book for your first donation. And if your first donation is over $35 internationally, you'll get a free copy of Andrew's book entitled or titled The New World Order and the Eugenics Wars, A Christian Perspective. If if your country allows me to mail a book to you. Uh, updates. Do we still have countries we can't mail, mail books to? I haven't tried recently. I, I don't know. Has anything changed with Australia? I was thinking we were getting things into Australia now. Okay. I should try it again then. You know, something... Uh, I wish probably talk about that off show, but uh, yeah, strange how it's you know entire countries are being cut out from being receiving mail from other countries. It's just an odd <laughs> situation, yeah. Yeah. What is the deal there? Yeah, I mean, if James Corbett didn't have James Evan Blotto to basically handle the North America shipping, it would definitely cut down on what he could do. So. Doesn't make any sense, man. Doesn't make any sense. Okay. Well, thank you guys for the donations. A little uh, light on the donations this week, but hey, we took some time off, so uh, maybe it's to be expected. I think that was a... Well, I, I guess fewer, but, but yeah. quality. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, <laughs> good, good point. Quality, yes. Especially, especially Danny, Carl from Hungary, all of them. All of them yeah. are awesome. So thank you guys. Thank you so much. Thank you for continuing to support us. It does make it easier. We just had to renew our hosting and other things. And it's nice that this doesn't uh, take out of our own personal money to keep this whole thing going. Yes. All right. My friend, where do we go from here? Uh, I just wanted to... You know, I, I ran out of time. I was listening to the podcast today and didn't get clips. Mm-hmm. But there, I have been bringing the uh, the Kennedy Defender podcast clips lately, okay. and there there have been some good ones. Um, Russian vaccines with Riley Wagaman, a guy who who lives over mm-hmm. in Russia, and he he goes through how they. Uh, the Sputnik vaccine was just a repurposed version of the Ebola vaccine mm-hmm. they invented. And they're like, hey, it works for COVID. Take it. 
And it's Russian vaccines kill too, but there, you know, there's no VAERS even. There's no reporting. You're not allowed to complain about it. Uh, but the overall mortality rate, especially among the elderly, shot way up after they rolled out that vaccine. And all sorts of, you know, big pharma shenanigans with that too. So I thought that was an interesting episode. Just just a reminder that, uh, you know, it really is one big club and, and we ain't in it. Mm-hmm. And and don't think that uh, that Putin's not part of the club there. So sure. When the World Economic Forum is, you know, just hyping the Ukraine thing, it's yeah. I don't know. Just a little, a little too convenient, but that doesn't mean that uh, it doesn't mean that. Ukraine's the good guys or that Russia's the bad guys. There are no there are no good guys over there. Um he also did oh let's see. He interviewed the guy who got some of the uh NIH royalty payments mm-hmm. through lawsuits. Um so Pharma paid $350 million to Fauci and NIH, and it's Adam and Andrzejewski is the guy's name. Uh, that was very interesting. And, you know, such a scam. Because Fauci said on TV, like, oh, my finances are public record. <laughs> the guy gets a $400,000 government salary. But then he gets, one would think, a pretty decent share of the $350 million in royalty payments that have been paid out. Yep. So... And Francis Collins and all the rest there, but which we we knew, but he has a little more detail. But they still redacted the amount and the the pharma company that was paying it out. So you, they're still trying to get that information, but for now, you just know like he got X number of payments. Uh, you don't know how much they were for or what companies it was from. But anyway. Uh, I don't think uh, Fauci's on the same value-for-value system that we're on. I mean, (laughs) yeah. I think you sell your soul to Satan, and he gives you some some sort of value in return. Hey, uh, I'll let you guys kill a bunch of kids. How much is that worth to you? (laughs) (laughs) And then he's like, well, you know. I'll hide your roots to Mother Teresa. Wait, what? What? That's a that's a weird one, by the way. Fauci and Mother Teresa? You never looked into that? No. Yeah, it's a rabbit hole I wouldn't recommend. Well, I, I know um, the Mother Teresa is bad rabbit hole. I'm somewhat familiar. I just didn't know they were connected. Well, I know you're no fan of... Uh, <laughs> saying that people look like other people. No, no, I'm not, not it's, a fan of it's, that. It's your absolute least favorite thing as far as the internet. But, uh, yeah. There was a lot of evidence that, the, that those two were loosely related. Well, I to clarify, I, I don't believe, like... I believe they're Sicilian. 
I don't like the this like Alex Jones is really Bill Hicks, man. I don't like that stuff. Mm-hmm. I don't mind the um, like. Look at Chelsea Clinton; she's clearly Webster <laughs> Hubble's daughter. Like that, you know that stuff is legitimate. Yeah. Or uh, you know, Justin Trudeau looks just like Castro. Yeah, yeah, hmm. yeah. He does. And his yes. Mom had a fling with Castro. Weird. Yeah. 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 It's kind of weird. Yeah. So that they are supposedly related to each other by. I don't know. It's a rabbit hole. That's all I can say. And uh, so it, I guess if you already, it's not too far away from the rabbit hole you went down when Mother Teresa wasn't great. She was trafficking in children overseas. Yeah. Not one of my favorites. That's for sure. Kind of disappointing. Yeah, I mean, if you can't trust Mother Teresa, who can you trust? Yeah, yeah. Correct. So, uh, you, you, and the answer is you could trust a lot of people, uh, but they're not hyped up by the media. Correct. So I found this story to be of note. Uh, leave it to Oregon, Portland, Oregon, to uh, come up with this gem of a story. But the "How to Murder Your Husband" writer was found guilty. Of murdering her husband. Murdering her husband, yeah. yeah. Jury in Portland has convicted a self-published romance novelist who once wrote an essay titled How to Murder Your Husband of fatally shooting her husband four years ago. The jury of seven women and five men found Nancy Crampett Brophy, 71, guilty of second-degree murder Wednesday after deliberating for two days over the death. Brophy, 63, was killed June 2nd, 2018, as he prepped for work at the Oregon Culinary Institute in southwest Portland. Brampton, Crampton Brophy displayed no visible reaction Wednesday inside the crowded Multnomah County courtroom. Lisa Maxfeld, one of Brampton's Brophy's attorneys, said the defense team plans to appeal. Anyway. Uh, of course you are. Yeah. Yeah. They never found the gun. Brophy swapped out the barrel of the gun and used it in the shooting and then discarded the barrel. The gun parts were inspiration for Crampton Brophy's writing and suggested someone else might have killed Brophy during a robbery gone wrong. So, I don't know. Just to, just remind me of the old Northwest. Yeah. And Washington State is on pace for 50,000 vehicle deaths in, or excuse me, vehicle thefts in 2022. Yeah, vehicle deaths, that would be... Well, I mean, with this, with these That'd gas be a prices. lot of accidents. Yeah. Oh, with these gas prices, am I right? <laughs> There's definitely <laughs> some vehicle deaths out there. Well, on on that note, uh, the Brooklyn Half Marathon. Oh. Right. Okay. How about, how about so, the regular Boston Marathon? Dude finishes and just dies? Well, so the Brooklyn Half Marathon... Uh, all 16 runners who, this comes from Becker News, all 16 runners who collapsed and runner who died at Brooklyn Half Marathon had to say they were fully vaccinated to get into the event, you know. Uh, so they are trying to blame it on unusual heat. <laughs> okay? Mm-hmm. So the guy dies at 9 a.m., um, so what's this crazy hot temperature that clearly killed them? Vaccines couldn't have had any, anything to do with it. 
a little over 70 degrees. <laughs> the temperature it is in my house right now. Yeah. The temperature you literally choose, um, <laughs> you know, like maybe a little, it did look a little hazy, you know, New York. Right. But come on. This is, this is definitely not conditioned where you'd be like, oh, we can't have a marathon in this. We're going to have 16 people collapse. Or a half marathon. I mean, it's, it's very obvious once you acknowledge the possibility that that's what's happening. But people, you know, at least the, the blue checks are the last to acknowledge it. But Sure. Well, you got any other stories for us? What else we got here? What's in your folder? What else you got? Uh, that one was from you. Oh. Aye, aye, aye. Uh, Whitney Webb put out an article on uh, monkeypox. Mm-hmm. So, monkeypox fears may rescue endangered corporations. Two corrupt companies were in rocky financial territory just a few weeks ago. Now with concerns over a global monkeypox outbreak being hyped by media and global health organizations alike, the worries and sins of these two firms are quickly being forgotten. So just, uh, let me skip down. Um, Emergent Biosolutions, which I think we've talked about Emergent Biosolutions before, and SIGA or SIGA Technologies. So, I got all these. Um, I think, I don't even know if it's monkeypox vaccines, but it's just like the, a smallpox treatment, and they're like, oh, we could just use that for monkeypox. Like, and the Biden administration's like, yeah, yeah, give us 300 million of that. So, it's. In case people weren't weren't aware of my position on monkeypox, uh, not scared of the monkeypox. Yeah, no, definitely not. And it, it does feel like a way to, like, infuse taxpayer money into propping up a yeah, failing th- company. This is exactly what they did with the anthrax vaccines. Okay. So they had the after two thousand one. Or after 9-11, you know, the anthrax attacks, and then it's like, oh, we need the anthrax vaccines, and they bought a whole bunch of soon-to-expire anthrax vaccines. And then pumped them into the military. Pumped them into the anyone who they could convince to take them, or people who refused and were in the military. Yeah. So. Fortunately, young, some people were. <laughs> young were, Tim Kilkenny dodged that like the Matrix. Like, you gotta go to school. Smart enough to uh, <laughs> just say yes, sir, and not take it. <laughs> yep, I'll go down there right now. Like, yeah, that's one thing about the military. There's never ending lines, lines and waiting. Where were you? Oh, it's a long line. So, just, <laughs> it's a line. Yeah, stuck in line. Sorry. That's actually the motto of the military. Hurry up and wait. Anybody in the military knows that one. That one is universal. Hmm. Get on time and hurry up and wait. Doesn't matter the branch, huh? No, that's very true. Uh, That's all I got. There's, I 
threw an article in on choice quotes from Bill Gates's new book. Uh, recommend that as opposed to reading the book, especially if you listen to James Corbett's podcast, where he highly recommends against reading Bill Gates's new book. So but that's got some quotes in there. Yeah, that's, that's all I got. All right. Well, we've made it through yet another round. What is, uh, what's, are you doing anything for the Memorial Day weekend? What's the Hoffman household up to? I'm actually taking tomorrow off of work. Oh, nice. And I had thought that it was my oldest daughter's last day of homeschooling. So she had requested a, an outing. So I was planning on doing that. And then I found out that, you know, my wife's making her do a whole nother week of school. So I can't give her, can't reward her early. Uh, but we are going to go tour of a school that we're looking at for next year. So, Oh, cool. Well, we should talk offline about that because we also were looking at schools. So very cool. Um, yeah, I don't have any, major plans but uh yeah one thing that's interesting about uh or one thing that's unique about down south versus up north your whole life you went to school into june right and then started yep. in in mid-september yeah here they want you out by june may yeah. like yeah june I'm, I'm assuming it starts earlier too huh? it does you're yeah. gonna start you're gonna start third week of august so, but it's kind of weird that way because August is one of the hotter months or warm, you know, nicer months in Washington, Northwest that is. Yeah. And June is one of the warmer months down here, I think. So it's just a little bit different. I think, you know, the tilt of well, the, they, they of got the, the splash pad working at the, the town park there. So nice. I think it's the tilt of the, the, the global earth. Oh, that's what it is, huh? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Keeps the, keeps. The, I mean, I actually don't even know why. I don't even know what the stated reason is, but I do know that, it, like, the further north you go, the 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 further they go into June, and the later they start. So, oh, there's definitely differences to the, to the seasons. You know, there are seasons here, but definitely different than the Northwest. So. Yeah, and they're hard to parse out here because it can change so drastically in just a few days. 70 degrees, 20 degrees, (laughs) 90 degrees, 50 degrees. (laughs) Tennis ball hail, five (laughs) inches of rain. Yeah. (laughs) Well, guys, thanks for sticking with us. Uh, Pray for me if you get a chance. I could use it. Still trying to trying to figure out the direction of my life. Apparently, it's in Oklahoma. We know this much. Yep. Job and house. Still not sure. <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, just trying to smile and trust God through this whole thing. So, pray for me, guys, and uh, pray for the Hoffmans as they tour a school and make big decisions. And uh, yeah, I guess uh, we'll do it again next week. We might even have a special guest next week. Ooh. The truth may just be, may turn out to be stranger than fiction. If that person is available. We'll see. We'll see if we can get him. (laughs) All right, guys. Thanks for uh, tuning in again, and uh, we'll catch you guys next week.
Thanks, everybody. A copy of this podcast, as well as links to each story covered, are available at revelationsradionews.com. To contact Andrew and Tim, or to support Revelations Radio News, please visit revelationsradionews.com and click on the Contact tab or Support tab. Please check out the other podcasts at revelationsradionetwork.com, and thank you for your support of this podcast. Don't you say-